A very warm welcome to you all. It's lovely to see you, see you all here, those of you that are here. Uh, a warm welcome too if you're accessing the service through a screen. Uh, we're delighted that you have done that. Our prayer is that you will be aware that God is among us and that God will bless as we worship together. Our call to worship is taken from Philippians chapter 4. I rejoice greatly in the Lord that at last you have renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you have been concerned, but had no opportunity to show it. I'm not saying this because I'm in need, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do everything through him who gives me strength. Uh, We will sing together. If you're able, please stand and we'll sing 10,000 Reasons. Good morning. Stand if we're able to. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Sing like you've never sung before. (laughs) There's a challenge. Bless the Lord, O my soul. O my soul. Worship his holy name Sing like never before Oh my soul I'll worship your holy name The sun comes up It's a new day dawning It's time to sing your song again Whatever may pass And whatever lies before me Let me be singing when the evening comes So bless the Lord, O my soul Worship His holy name Sing like never before Oh my soul I'll worship Your holy name You're rich in love And you're slow to anger Your name is great And your heart is kind For all your goodness I will keep on singing Ten thousand reasons For my heart to find So bless the Lord, O my soul Worship His holy name Sing like never before Oh my soul I'll worship Your holy name And on that day When my strength is draws near and my time has come still my soul will sing your praise unending ten thousand years and then forevermore so bless the Lord oh my soul Worship His holy name 
sing like never before. Oh, my soul, I'll worship His holy name again. So bless the Lord, oh, my soul. Oh, my soul, worship His holy name. Sing like never before. Oh, my soul, I'll worship Your holy name. Yes, I'll worship Your holy name. Yes, I'll worship your holy name. Sit down, friends. Let us pray. I know what it is to be in need. I know what it is to have plenty. I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation. What a great secret to learn, Lord, and how timely, so necessary for us in these days, where so many may well be in need. We thank you that our well-being and our blessedness, our contentment is It's not really to do with our circumstance, it's to do with whether or not we are deeply rooted in relationship with you. And as we've been singing, you know, there are 10,000 reasons to bless your name. It doesn't take long when we sit and reflect on life. We woke up this morning... There's a new day before us. vast majority of us got out of bed unaided, washed ourselves, dressed ourselves. We have someone to love us and someone to love in our turn. Ordinary things, really, but gifts from you. We recognize, Lord, the wonder of daily life. We only breathe because you sustain us and you sustain the world in which we live. A great God, King above all kings, the creator God, the one to whom all and everything comes in worship and adoration. We thank you for our part in the life of the world. We thank you for giving us something to do, to care for your creation. That was the job that you gave us right at the very beginning, and it is the enduring work that you've given to human beings. We recognize, Lord, that we're not all that we should be, not all that we ought to be. We are sometimes greedy. We are not kind, not always. You call us to love you with all of our heart, mind, soul and strength and to love our neighbours as ourselves. And we fall down often in both of those areas. And as we become aware of our own shortcomings, we, instead of trying to hide those things and pretend they're not there or that they don't matter, we will openly acknowledge and confess that we aren't all that we should be. We are sorry. We don't want to be selfish. We don't want to be you know, those people that don't care about anybody else or anything else. We want to be your regents on the earth, which is what you've made us to be and called us to be. 
So will you pick us up, Lord, again? Will you dust us off? Will you set us back on our way, renewed, restored, refreshed, attentive to your call on our lives, and ready to do all and everything that you call us to do and to be? Draw near and bless us, we pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Delighted to see Neil and Sharon among us. Uh, come up, friends. You're going to bring us news of what's been going on since you departed these shores. I'm going to sit down the front. for the invitation to speak to you and tell you what has been happening in our life for the last 18 months. At the end of December, well, in December um, 2020, suddenly we were able to go home to South Africa and we were trying to get there, but we definitely wanted to come back and settle everything before we finally moved. We hadn't said goodbye to everyone. So it's so great to see you all today. And things were going to be quite difficult to get arranged. Moving, selling the house, getting our furniture moved, finding another place to, to stay, moving into that, and quite a few other things. But we got back to the land of the Proteus and the Strelitzias, and it's good to be there. Where do we pick it towards? Where do I click it towards, or anywhere? I'm clicking it. Just on the arrow. Okay. Maybe you can, I'll just go like that for the next slide. Oh yes, we're back. Okay, there we are. Uh, in South Africa, we eat white maize. Now, white maize in Europe very often is used as cattle food, but it's the staple diet of many people in South Africa. We also love it, and uh, we've actually been eating it from uh, November until April when we left, and... Uh, the poor people in South Africa, it's their staple diet, and it's actually much cheaper there than it is here. But we are, are grateful for God's provision there. Well, we started getting our stuff packed up. Oops. And um, we were very grateful to Nudrat and Orson, especially Orson, who packs up our stuff for us. Just imagine moving and everybody... And, and somebody else, I should say, going into all your stuff and having to get it packed by remote control. But thanks to technology, it works quite well. And all the things that we had to get into position worked together very wonderfully by God's grace. In the middle of it all, we did lose our sisters, my sister Gail and Neil's sister Helen, um, in February last year, but in February, we also managed to get a house and we were able to move amazingly just two months later in April. That's, thank you very much. I see Nigel smiling at the back there. That's our furniture arriving now. That was on the 15th of April. And we had the prospect of moving into an empty house because that was the day we were supposed to move in. But we were very blessed to uh, that things were arranged like that and we, didn't, we weren't quite sure when the furniture was coming, but it arrived on that day and uh, we could put, pick it up and there are some people looking in expectation at, as to what is going to come out. Right, well, that's the team. They were all there. Now, 
Most people here have moved houses some time, and it's, it's quite a job. And uh, moving to a new country, that's more of a job. The plugs are different. So this team here uh, put the fridge in place, they put the dishwasher in place, they changed the plug, plugs, uh, they carried the beds to the right place. All of them, little ones, big ones, all of them helped very much and... Uh, we are, are, are so grateful, and that's when you feel really children are a blessing from the Lord and they look after us. We were, we'd just moved. Well, we'd been there a month when COVID struck. We were with our daughter, Lauren, the younger one, the one who's in Tajikistan, who you, some of you know. And fortunately, she, well, she brought it, actually, <laughs> um, but she was able to nurse us through it and it was bad for a few days, but we got through that, and we were very grateful for that. This is what our house looks like from the outside. Um, quite big, a bungalow, but really quite big with three bedrooms and a study and a garage and a carport, a little entrance garden, and there's the entrance garden and the front door. Just give you some idea, and the entrance garden again, and then looking at it from the opposite side, that's the, the gate. We're in a complex of 12 houses, and they're all the same floor plan. Like, uh, there's sort of three, three terraces, four, one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four. Um, but each one's slightly different. We'll take you into the house, uh, just to, to one room. Well... That's as we opened the door and the light was shining into the house and uh, the light shines in the darkness and we are, are grateful to God and it's lovely to worship together and to be with Christians and to, well there's hymn Lead Kindly Light, it's a bit of an old hymn, but uh, we are grateful to God for his provision and for his leading. That is our... Uh, uh, it's not our back garden. Anybody can walk along there. Uh, but within limits, we can do as we like on the section behind our house. And uh, that's what Sharon's done. She planted some sweet peas and some other flowers, uh, snapdragons uh, snap at the bottom. Oh, wrong one. It's gone too, it's gone too fast. Sorry, one more, Sharon. Oh, Go on. Oh, sorry. Sorry, we're not practiced in this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, this is also God's provision. We took four beans. Well, we took a couple more with us, but that's the result of four beans. When they were planted, uh, it was planted in the middle between those two sets of windows, and Sharon said they're not allowed to go onto the burglar guards. Um, but... I think it's actually a very good use of burglar guards. And it eventually those beans landed up using up half the, the window space. And you could actually pick the beans from inside the house. And uh, that lasted, those beans have lasted from uh, December to April. It's winter's the other way around in South Africa. It's winter there now. But that was in the summertime. So we praise God for his harvest. We enjoy our little feathered friends. There was a dove in the tree just outside our bedroom when we got there. Flew away a little while later, but we did look at it every day. And then you might see a little bird. Those are false birds at the top. But there at the bottom, you might see a little bird. Oh, yes, yeah. you can see it quite clearly. That is a Cape Robin, quite a lot bigger than your, rob your robin here. Um, and quite a shy bird that we do enjoy um, feeding many birds while we're having our lunch, looking out of the dining room window through those burglar bars, which are now sort of half covered with beans, but they will be taken down when we get back because they're going to seed now. And we'll use the seed again for next year. We went to um, Denmark for three weeks, and after that we came here. And the main purpose was to see our 13-year-old grandson, Daniel, confirmed... That's him in the church, one on the right. And 
We didn't really understand much of the service, but it was good to see him making his confession of faith. Then we had a party afterwards, and this was at the house, 20 guests, and they make a, a lot of fuss about confirmations there, and we had a really grand party, and he got lots of presents and lots of money. To us, it was a bit overwhelming, but that's a different culture. Back to South Africa and our local church. Okay. Um, that is Birchley Baptist Church, um, which we attend. Uh, now, when we first got to our house, uh, Lauren said to us, you must be careful walking down to the shop. Uh, that was the, the local supermarket, which is about a kilometre away. There are people standing on the sides of the road, and you might have heard what a dangerous place South Africa is. Anyway, um, these days we walk down to the shop, uh, we take the pram that we had and we go shopping with the pram, and these are some of the people who are standing on the side of the road. Now the reason why these poor, there's a lot of unemployment in South Africa, these poor people stand on the side of the road and they wait for people to give them a job, uh, they stand there with their uh, painting equipment and other equipment, uh, and here they are in our church with one of our ministers, uh, Nico. He's sitting at the end of the table. This is just some of the people. And on Saturdays, um, they are invited to the church. And uh, there's a short, short message. And we have a meal there for these people. Uh, so these people who we were perhaps initially a little bit frightened of, they are our friends. Uh, and praise the Lord for that. One of the members of our church is Innocentia. There she is at her baby shower, or stalk tea, I don't know what you call it here, uh, with her baby. She had it after the baby. And uh, she and her husband live in a single room. They've got a shower and toilet off the room, but it's baby, working from home, cooking, living, sleeping, all in one room. And we have met two other people that live in similar circumstances, one with an older child, and another couple without a child. But they're very grateful to have the place, and um, it costs quite a lot of money. So they really struggle. Many people struggle like that. Just before we left, uh, it's jumped again. Why does it jump? It must be my fingers. <laughs> Just before we left, um, their baby was dedicated in the church, and there they are, mom and dad, and the little one. Our church presented a, an evangelism, evangelism course, and we both attended and actually got certificates. Um, so there's quite an emphasis on reaching out and spreading the gospel, and so it was good to be there. We have two pastors, Nico in the middle, and um, Tapello on the right. Both lovely people and lovely preachers, and we're really happy to be in the church. Now, um, this is the place that we went to um, just over 54 years ago, and we visited, and you can, the peninsula down there on the um, right-hand side, we actually managed to walk there 54 years ago, and we got right down to that peninsula. Uh, 54 years later, uh, we we tried to get there, and we didn't quite get there. Um, the first time we were there, uh, somebody asked Sharon, he said, do you often come here? And she said, no, we, we don't often come here. But we, we went there again uh, 54 years later to, to relive memories. Uh, so that beach along there that stretches out to the Roburg uh, Peninsula, uh, 54 years ago, we walked along that beach in the early morning. Uh, in the, the beginning of our marriage, and 54 years later, it's like the sunset, the sun going down, and we are grateful to be walking along there again uh, in the evening of our lives. 
another blessing, has been getting new eyes. Neil had his cataracts done last year, February, I think it was, and I had mine done in March. In each case, the second one a week after the first, and we both, you see, I haven't got glasses today. And Neil's got his very focals, but I haven't got my very focals yet, and it's quite wonderful to be able to see without glasses. Mm. So God has blessed us in many, many ways, and we are very grateful for our health and, and our wealth, for that matter, too and to be back in South Africa, close to our son Andrew, who's only um, two and a half four miles kilometers. or so, <clears throat> four kilometers away from where we live. And, he, and of course, he was one of those. <clears throat> His family was one of the team. Don't, don't move, don't. We were just now. Um, so those two people uh, that you saw there, they looked rather sad. But don't be sad for us. It's great to worship together here. We're so grateful for the, the, the warm welcome we, we've had all over the show. And uh, to worship together as Christians, to worship um, in the beauty of holiness. So, there we were. <laughs> okay. Goodbye and God bless and hope to see a little bit more of your over tea. Thank you. Are you reading for me? Do carry on. Our reading today is from Acts chapter 1 and we read the first 11 verses. In my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day he was taken up to heaven after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. After his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command, Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then they gathered round him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, It is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. After he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud hid him from their sight. They were looking intently up into the sky as he was going, when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said, Why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus, who has been taken from you into heaven, will come back in the same way you have seen him go, that you have seen him go into heaven. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Well, thank you both very much for bringing us up to date with your adventures. It's good to know that you got back safe and sound, and it's lovely to see you again. Uh, will you take our greetings back to your little fellowship, or your big fellowship, it might well be, uh, indeed. Uh, we, we would love it if you would do that, and uh, we will remember them from time to time, and we'll pray for you in a little while. Uh, we're going to sing together. Once again, um, amazing grace, my chains are gone. Uh, If you're able, please stand as we sing together, and at the conclusion of this song, I'll receive the offering. sweet the sound 
that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see. Twas grace that taught my heart to fear, and grace my fears relieved. How precious did that grace appear, the hour I first My chains are gone, I've been set free, my God, my Savior has ransomed me, and like a flood, His mercy reigns unending love, amazing promise good to me his word my hope secures he will my shield and portion me as long as life ends my chains are gone, I've been set free, my God, my Savior has ransomed me, and like a flood, His mercy reigns, unending love, amazing again. My chains are gone, I've been set free. My God, my Savior has ransomed me. And like a flood, His mercy reigns unending love. Amazing shall soon dissolve like snow the sun forbear to shine but God who called me here below will be forever together. Once again, Lord, we've come to say thank you in this most practical of ways. Please take all that we have and all that we are and use even us to further your kingdom. Amen. Now, if you're involved with Virginia Church, it's time for you to take your leave. The Lord be with you. <laughs> ah, one or two are going, maybe, <laughs> possibly. time for us to bring our intercessions to God let us pray Father God we thank you once again for the opportunity to come and do this as part of our worship we've noted in the past how overwhelming events can sometimes seem to be in the world 
many things are happening a long way away and we can't do anything to make things different or better. The only thing we can do is to offer them to you, to tell you about them. And in some strange way, Lord, that actually helps us. It helps us to actually express how we feel, to pour out to you our longing, our disappointment, our hope, our need. And there are any number of places in the world that need our prayers. We think about our friends in America, particularly in Texas, who are grieving right now uh, because of the shootings in the past few days. It saddens our hearts to see this once again. This seems to happen all too often, and we don't hear about all of the incidents in this country. We only hear about the really bad things. And this recent shooting was indeed really bad. We wonder quite what the answer is. We, as we said earlier, we can't do anything or say anything to change what is happening there. But you can. We don't know what you're going to do. We don't know how you're going to do it. But we pray that you might do something. We certainly would cry out with all of our hearts for those parents who are bereaved and grieving the loss of their children. We know, Holy Spirit, that you are a comforter. And we know that that is the very least that you will be doing now. You will be among those folk, bringing comfort. We thank you for our sisters and brothers in Christ who will be alert to the need. And hopefully they too are bringing comfort right now praying and offering practical support, we pray. We don't know what the future will be for that community or for that school. We pray that they will not be shackled by what has happened in these past few days. We pray that this really terrible thing will somehow bring good we don't know how you will do that, Lord, but we pray that you might. And Ukraine is ever before us. We know that there is an intensification of fighting in the eastern part of the country. And again, we don't know how this will end or when it will end. We continue to pray for all the people who have lost homes and livelihoods and Loved ones, we pray for the families that are separated, for the refugees that are traveling from one side of the country to the other and out into neighboring countries and beyond. We pray that you will keep these folks safe as they travel. And one day, please God, they will be able to return to their homes. We pray that aggression of this sort will not be rewarded and that the bravery of the Ukrainian people will be lauded around the world as, it inde as indeed it is right now. Draw near and bless these folk, we pray. In our own country, Lord, we pray that there might be integrity in our political establishment. We've seen any number of reports, uh, people being fined in government and in the civil service for breaking lockdown rules and regulations. We pray, Lord, that people will do the right thing, not the easy thing. We pray that you will raise up women and men of good character and good quality to serve us in Parliament, in local councils, parishes, indeed in, in every area where there is uh, responsibility. We pray particularly for our political establishment. 
If we cannot have confidence in these folk, then we are lost. God help us in these days. We give you thanks for our Queen celebrating our Platinum Jubilee this year. And this coming weekend, next weekend, uh, where the focus will be very firmly on her and her achievement down through the years. We thank you for her long life and for her long reign, for the wisdom that she has accrued over that time, for the ways in which she lives and speaks, for the counsel she offers from time to time, and for her very real and deep faith in you, an example to each of us. We pray that you will bless her and encourage her in these days. Thank you for the celebrations that are to come. And we thank you again for our friends, Neil and Sharon. Thank you for their adventures as they left our shores and made their way home. Thank you that there's family nearby for them now, as well as family scattered still around the globe. Thank you for their home. May that be a place of peace and blessing. Thank you for their church. May they continue to find blessing there. And in their turn, might they be a blessing too. Continue to grow them in their discipleship and witness. Thank you for all that you have given to them and for all that they give back to you. We are so thankful for the example that they have been and are still. We want to gather up all of our prayers, Lord, in the prayer that you taught, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. Amen. We're going to sing together once again, show your power, O Lord. He is the Lord, and he reigns on high. If you're able, please stand. into the darkness created the light he is the Lord who is like unto him never ending in days he is the Lord and he comes in power when we call on his name he is the Lord show your power oh lord our god show your power oh lord our god oh lord our god i can't see anybody smiling Your gospel, O Lord, is the hope for our nation. You are the Lord. It's the power of God for our salvation. You are the Lord. We ask not for riches, but to look for the cross. You are the Lord. And for our inheritance give us the lost you are the lord 
send your power, oh Lord our God, show your power, oh Lord our God, oh Lord our God, we'll do the same. Show your power, oh Lord our God. Show your power, oh Lord our God. Oh Lord our God. And do you sit down? Smiling? Where do you think you are? (laughs) So we begin a a new series today, friends, in the Acts of the Apostles. And uh, this uh, will endure until uh, the end of my time with you, really, at the end of September, uh, with breaks in between for various things that we're doing with our friends at St. Friedswise. But today is the beginning Uh, of this series and the beginning of the chapter. Uh, Waiting and planning, endings and beginnings. So there has been an end. Uh, It's the end of one era and the beginning of another. It's the end of the Jesus era, if you like, the the incarnational era where Jesus is among us walking the earth, uh, limited to one place uh, and time. And it's the beginning of the era of the church, although that won't be fully realized until the Spirit comes uh, and the apostles, the disciples, start to push out uh, into the locality and beyond to take the word. So God's power, which is why we're singing what we've been singing. Uh, Wait, says Jesus. Uh, Wait for the gift Uh, that my father promised and that you've heard me speak about. I wonder what you think of uh, when you hear that injunction. Right, you've just got to wait. It's not great, is it, really? Uh, And and any number of of us have had to wait for any number of things uh, down through our lives. When you're a child... Uh, waiting for anything just seems like forever, doesn't it? Um, Christmas. Oh, flipping heck. How long before that comes? It's the day after tomorrow, Kevin. Come on. <laughs> but, you, you know, waiting for a doctor's appointment, waiting to go to the dentist, waiting, waiting, waiting. And it, you just think, oh, this hanging about. Not a good thing. I'm not sure, actually, that that is what Jesus means when he says wait uh, in that particular instance, in this particular verse. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you've heard me speak about. Think about waiting if you're an athlete. Think about the sprinters on the start line. Take your marks, get set, go. That anticipation of the release to go and to do the work and to be engaged and to be active for God, I think that's really the sense of what is being offered here. It's not about hanging about, doing nothing, just waiting for time to pass. It's more like an athlete on the start line waiting for the gun so that they can be released to get on with the race. I think that's what is happening here when Jesus says, wait. And I I know, friends, that there are seasons in our lives and there are some seasons where we are extremely busy and doing all sorts of things for God and for others. There are other times when we are quiet where we need to just recharge batteries and then we're ready to go again. And there are other times where we just seem to be in that in-between place where not much seems to be going on. Maybe that is a waiting time for you 
a time for you to anticipate what God is going to do next with you and among you. And of course, in this church, uh, in this fellowship, we're in a time, aren't we, of endings and beginnings. Um, We're in the ending of my time among you. Uh, And there's a new beginning to come with someone else. And what are we going to do in this period? What use will we make of this period? So I see God's power in this passage, and I see God's plan. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, uh, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. You will receive power, power for a purpose. Uh, It is not power so that you can say how wonderful you are. It is not power so that we can say what a great church we are. It is power to serve. It is power so that we can be witnesses to the risen Jesus. What does a witness do? Quite simply, a witness speaks about what they have seen and heard. That is all they do in a courtroom. They do not need to know the finer points of law. They do not need to know the procedures of the court. All they need to do is speak about what they have seen and heard. And that's all God expects of you when he says to you, I want you to be my witnesses. You do not have to be a great theologian. You do not have to know the ins and outs of the Bible, although it will help you if you know a little bit. Uh, But you don't have to know all of it, and you don't have to know all of the answers. You don't have to understand everything there is to understand about God. All you need to do, friends, is just speak about what you have seen and heard. What do you know of this God? What do you know of this God in the midst of the circumstance of your life right now? And you know very well, because it's on the news every day, people are struggling. So what good news can we take to those around us? What is your experience of God now in the midst of your life? Is God faithful to you? Have you found help and succor in knowing this Jesus? Speak about it. Has prayer worked, whatever that means? Speak about it. Do you find companionship and friendship in the church? Speak about it. Do you find that you are loved and accepted by God and by the folk in the building? Speak about it. It's all you need to do. You don't have to explain the second coming. You don't have to be, you know, clear about the parousia. You don't even know what that means, do you? I have to look it up from time to time, and I'm supposed to know what that means. You don't need to know the technical stuff. You just need to know what you know and speak about what you know. So that's the task, and that's why the Holy Spirit is going to come upon you Uh, It is to enable you, to equip you for that simple task of speaking about the Jesus that you know and love. And I know it's scary, but try. And then Jesus talks about location. He talks about Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Jerusalem, that's where they are at the time. Um, So start where you are. Very often we think about mission and we think about lands far away. Uh, When I was converted back in the 70s, goodness me, that tended to be how mission was thought about. Uh, And you'd have a missionary weekend and you'd have a missionary speaker from the Baptist Missionary Society and they would come and tell you all about what they had been doing. And it was amazing stuff and it was always good. And you always went away thinking, gosh, that is brilliant And they always said, if anybody has sensed the call of God to come and help us with this work overseas, don't be shy, come to the front. And nobody did. (laughs) Well, actually, they did from time to time. 
But they were going out there to do mission. See, that's where it was. It was out there. No, mission, mission is here as well. It's here in this locality. It's right, where you, it's right where you live. That's where you start. The hardest place to be a witness, actually, is in your own family. Especially if your family are not yet believers. It's tough to be a witness in that context and in that place. But that's where you are. If you're a parent or a grandparent, you've got a key missionary role in bringing up children, young children particularly, to live consistently with the values of the gospel. So not just to talk about the love of God, not just to say Jesus cares about you, little one, but to hug them and love them and bless them uh, and demonstrate that love. Parents and grandparents, key role in being missionaries to the next generation. Uh, Judea, well, that's you know, the wider locality. Jerusalem, Judea, that's the country in which they were found. So, you know, your home, Milton Keynes, or your home, Bletchley, Milton Keynes, then the UK, and then beyond. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, neighbouring country, but also enemy territory. Wouldn't travel through Samaria unless you really, really had to. That's why the story that Jesus tells about the man who falls amongst thieves is is so shocking for the hero. It is a Samaritan who helps. Samaria is enemy territory. So you're to be a witness where you live, where you are now, in your locality, in your country, in a neighbouring country, in enemy territory, and beyond, to the ends of the earth. People see before they hear. People look, and then they listen. So the key question for all of us is, does the way that I live say anything about what I believe? And the answer to that, friends, is yes. Whether you think it does or not, the answer is yes. People are not daft. If you say, I'm a Christian, they will look at you to see if you live like a Christian. Uh, And if you don't live like a Christian, they will discount everything that you say. If you do live like a Christian, they'll start to take a bit more notice. And they may, at some point, say to you, why are you a Christian? Why do you live like that? And then you've got the opportunity to be a witness, to say, well, because of this, because of that. Because my experience of God and my experience of Jesus is this, now. I think it's interesting that they ask a question of Jesus. Uh, Verse 6, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? Um, What does that mean? Well, they had a a view about what the coming of Messiah would mean. uh, And it it would be a national thing. It would restore the nation to a position of greatness. They would become uh, a powerful people again, as in the times when David and Solomon were on the throne. Um, they would be you know, a centre uh, for the nations around them. They would be somebody and not nobody. That's really what they were hoping for. Um, they are very bound, actually, by the narrowness of that vision. But then we're all bound, aren't we, by our own culture, by our own expectation, by our own theologies. We are. We are equally bound by all of those things. God may surprise us with what he wants to do. Endings and beginnings. It's the ending of my time and the beginning of a new time. What might that look like? Don't know. 
Somebody said to me the other day, Kevin, what sort of minister do you think might come next? I said, I don't know. And it is not for me to say. That is for you to say. Um, One of the reasons that I let you know that I was going such a long way out from the event was because there were conversations going on about what sort of ministry and whether or not more than one minister or a whole minister or half a minister and half of somebody else or, gosh, that sounds a bit weird, doesn't it? Half a minister. But you know what I mean, don't you? Half time that, half time something else. What, what sort of ministry would be appropriate for this area, for this time in this place? These are things for you to think about, things for you to talk about. And I know those conversations are beginning. They need to continue until you come to that place where you're aware that God has spoken. And because it's always been one person or two persons full-time in the past, doesn't mean it has to be that now and into the future. It could be something else. Don't be bound by what has happened in the past. Don't be bound by that expectation that it will be somebody just the same as this one, because it won't be. (laughs) It'll be somebody different. Don't be bound by that expectation or by that cultural approach. Think creatively. Look at what you need to grow these... I'm talking to myself now. Look at what you need to grow these people. Look at what you need to grow yourselves in your discipleship and in your outreach, your mission uh, to the folk around you. Don't be stuck in an old way of thinking. Be open to new possibilities. God might surprise you. When Jesus started his ministry, uh, he quoted Isaiah and he talked about healing and deliverance and justice and peace and wholeness. And he summarizes the law, doesn't he, by saying, love God with all your heart, mind, soul and strength and love your neighbor as yourself. And those have been the sort of twin tracks that I've been pressing in all the time I've been here. When I've been saying to you, it's not hard to live out the gospel. Those are the two things that you need to do. Love God with all your heart, mind, soul and strength and love your neighbour as yourself. And you will see fruit. I firmly believe that. You will see fruit. Wait. Nobody likes that. But that may be the period that you are approaching as a church right now. Wait for God's power. Discover God's plan. And go forward with all that he has for you. Amen. Let's pray. Thank you, Father, for your word. Thank you for all that it teaches us. And thank you for what we've been just reflecting on for these few moments this morning. Speak clearly to us about what you want here among us in this place. Lead us on. We thank you that your promise is never to leave us or forsake us. So we're, we're glad that you're here. And we need you right now. Lead us on, we pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. So we'll sing together once again our closing song, O Church, Arise and Put Your Church, Arise. If you're able. <laughs> Church, arise and put your armor on. Hear the call of Christ our Captain. For now the weak can say that they are strong in the strength that God has given. 
With shield of faith and belt of truth, we'll stand against the devil's lies. An army bold, battle cry is love, reaching out to those in darkness. Our call to war. Love the captive soul, but to rage against the captor, and with the sword that makes the wounded whole, we will fight with face and valor. When faced with trials on every side, we know the outcome is secure. Christ will have the prize for which he died, an inheritance of nations. Come see the cross where love and mercy meet, and the Son of God is stricken, and see his foes. I crushed beneath his feet, for the conqueror has risen. And as the stone is rolled away, and Christ emerges from the grave, this victory march continues till the day every eye and heart will see him. Spirit come, put strength in every stride, give grace for every adult, that we may run with faith to win the prize of a servant good and faithful. A sense of old still line the way, retelling triumphs of his grace. We hear their calls and hunger for the day when Christ we stand in glory. Now may the Lord Christ go with you wherever he may send you. May he guide you through the wilderness and protect you through the storm. May he bring you home rejoicing at the wonders he has shown you. May he bring you home rejoicing once again into our doors. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.